This story has a lot to do with what I call religious extremism. Here's the backdrop. I just read a story on the CBC website, this is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, kind of Canada's national news source, I suppose, about a pastor in Windsor, Ontario. Now, Windsor is a town just across the river from Detroit, Michigan. It's an industrial town. It's an auto town. The big three have been there forever, since, since I was growing up two hours east of that in London, Ontario. Anyhow, there is this pastor from this church called the Harvest Bible Church who insists on having large gatherings during the Christmas season. Now, he's been threatened with uh, being arrested and being charged because, of course, we are now living in the midst of COVID and the government here in Ontario has announced a, a massive lockdown as of tomorrow, actually, Boxing Day whereby people cannot gather in large numbers because there's been spikes in COVID cases and the government wants to cut back on this. Uh, this pastor isn't, uh, isn't too keen on that. And if I could just choose uh, one quote here from the article that I read, he says that, in quote, to our knowledge, this is the first time in, that any Ontario pastor has been charged for, and here's the important part, fulfilling this God-assigned duties in a church. God-assigned duties. What do you think of this? We, as I mentioned, we are still right in the midst of COVID-19. You know, the vaccines are out and there's some optimism for 2021. I mean, 2020 couldn't have gotten much worse, right? I think we're all looking forward to things changing next year. But the fact remains, it's still a very lethal virus. It is still coursing through Canadian society, Ontario society, Windsor society, I'm assuming. And this pastor says, I'm not going to abide by your rules. I have a God-given duty to fulfill. I'm going to call that religious extremism. And I've done so rather consistently over the past couple of years. Some people have taken issue with me on that, saying that I'm exaggerating the use of the word extremism, that there are other terms that are more appropriate, aren't as labeling perhaps, and don't seem to associate this particular form of belief with ultimately what can be construed as religious terrorism or violent extremism, I beg to differ. To me, this belief by this pastor in Windsor is clearly extremist in nature. Now, what do I mean by that? Most faiths around the world have what we would call a normative core normative Christianity, normative Buddhism, normative Hinduism, normative Islam, the list goes on and on and on. Now, just because something's normative doesn't mean there isn't variation. To me, normatism refers to a particular agreed-upon core of texts and a more or less agreed-upon way of interpreting them. That does not mean that we can have different parts of Christianity or Islam, for example, that do things slightly differently. Speaking from my own Christian heritage, for the longest time, there was just one Christian church, which kind of morphed into the Roman Catholic Church. Then, of course, we had the Great Reformation of the Middle Ages, late Middle Ages, that led to the rise of Protestantism. And today, there are how many different Christian sects out there? Hundreds, maybe even thousands. The same can be said for Islam. The same can be said for any faith. The bottom line is that there are times when, when people stray far, far enough from normative values, normative beliefs, normative tenets, 
they can start actually affecting and endangering the public. What this pastor in Windsor, Ontario is doing is clearly endangering the public. If he does hold these services in which there are mass numbers of people show up, if some of them are infected with the coronavirus, they can pass it on to others. When they go back to their families, go back to their environments, go back to their societies or neighborhoods, they can pass it on and you start getting basically super spreaders or events where the virus gets passed on from person to person to person and you end up in a very dangerous situation. That would be a threat to public safety. And I'm all about threats to public safety. Now, normally I talk to you about terrorism because that's what I spent the past 20 years looking at. But there is a, there's a line here, I think, that ties together what this pastor was doing with what violent extremists do. Now, for the record, I'm not calling this Windsor pastor a violent extremist. There's nothing that I've seen so far that suggests he is one. And I'm also not a big fan of the slippery slope argument whereby if you start somewhere, it is inevitable you're going to end up somewhere else, usually in a much worse place, down the road. I have no idea if this is going to happen here. My initial thought is to say it probably won't happen. In other words, this will be a flash in the pan store. We'll never hear about this guy ever again. But there certainly have been occasions in the past where religious leaders, very charismatic ones, who believe in extremist interpretations of their faith, have ended up in very, very violent ends. And if you need any reminder, think of what happened in 1978 in Jonestown, in Guyana, the northern tip of South America, where Pastor Jones had tried to create a utopian society in the middle of nowhere, created his own town, called it after himself. He was a Christian extremist, certainly non-normative. He developed this town, he tortured people, he separated children from their parents. He basically had sex with whomever he wanted. And when a congressperson came down from California to try to look at what was happening, because there were defections from the faith and people were very worried what was going down in Jonestown, uh, the, the representative and his assistants and all the news people with him were all killed. And then Jim Jones proceeded to uh, get the entirety of Jonestown, more than 900 people, to drink cyanide-laced Kool-Aid. And they all died. This is where the term to drink the Kool-Aid comes from. The Jonestown Massacre of 1978. I think there's no question that Jim Jones was an extremist religious pastor. He certainly wasn't mainstream. And in the end, he went to the ultimate degree and he killed almost a thousand people. Rather than admit that he was wrong, rather than be taken into custody and may be charged with all kinds of things. I've seen it many, many times in my own study of Islamist extremism. Islamist extremists are what they see as faithful. They think they belong to the same faith as a billion other Muslims. They just happen to think that theirs is the only way of doing things. And yes, they misinterpret. They go to the nth degree in taking versions of the Quran and, and the Hadith or sayings of the Prophet Muhammad to justify what they're doing. And sometimes what appear on the surface to be very devout religious people will use this faith and it ends up in acts of terrorism. Great example is Anur al-Awlaki or Awlaki, 
a Virginia, United States pastor. He was from Yemen. He was a dual citizen. He ended up being killed in a drone strike in 2011. If you see his videos, he's a very passionate Muslim, very passionate about Islam. And yet, his interpretation of Islam was certainly not normative. It certainly was very extreme. In the days that I worked for CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, we couldn't come across anybody in Canada who wasn't listening to Awlaki, wasn't watching his videos, wasn't downloading his audio. And they would become radicalized in part because of what Awlaki was saying. So yes, Awlaki was an extremist. He was a religious extremist. And he happened to be a terrorist. And no, the pastor in Windsor is not a terrorist, but he is a religious extremist. I think we have to have the courage to talk about extremism in this way. We have to wisely and carefully make the differentiation between extremism and violent extremism. They're not the same thing. The vast majority of people who are extreme do not go down a violent pathway. But what this guy in Windsor is advocating is not only extreme, it is a danger to public safety for the, for the reasons I've already talked about, the spread of the coronavirus. The bottom line is I know a lot of people are suffering because they can't go to mass, they can't go to service, they can't gar- gather in large crowds like they're used to, and that public worship, being with your co-religionists is a big thing, but it simply isn't going to happen. Or rather, it simply should not happen for public safety reasons. And any pastor who says, screw the law, I'm above it, I have God-given duties to fulfill, he's not only endangering us, he's acting in an extreme fashion. And we should call it out for that. I got a sneaking suspicion, I got a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one. When I call it religious extremism, whether what's happening with ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities in New York and, and Israel, who insist on mass gatherings despite corona. We have religious extremists in Indonesia who are not, at least in, on the surface, extreme violent, gathering in the hundreds of thousands to greet the return of an exiled pastor named Riziek Shaheb from Saudi Arabia. This is extreme activity, and it is endangering the public. Anyhow, that's what I think. I'd love to hear from this, and I kind of think I'm going to. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at Borealis Saves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content, if you want to subscribe to it, go to my website, borealisthreatrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. Provide me with your email. You get a free daily digest of all the material. And starting basically right now, subscribers will get bonus content that no one else is going to get. Love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.